Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Hallelujah. Jesus is so good to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We praise you. We glorify you. We glorify you. We wait on you, Holy Spirit. You have right of way, Holy Spirit. this morning. Praise God. Let's give the worship team a great big hand. They did a great job. Hallelujah. Well, it's good to be back. I was gone last weekend. Kathy and I went to Mexico and we did a marriage retreat in Mexico. Got to minister to about 150 couples and it was just a great time of ministry and God moving and and got to minister in a church and uh, on Wednesday night and then Sunday, and in between we did a marriage retreat and, and had a good time. It was a good time of rest, but also a great time of ministry. A couple things that I want to make mention, just kind of uh, put my uh, two cents in. Um, this week on Tuesday, we have been starting, we've done this twice now, uh, Tuesday evening at 6.30, we have a church-wide prayer meeting. And you know what? One of the things that I've learned over the years of ministry is that God does nothing except in answer to prayer. And what he needs is he needs his body praying. Amen. And what we have got to stop, what we've got to stop, is we've got to stop being a people that only pray in desperation. Prayer prayer was not supposed to be um, this thing where uh, it's our safety net when things go wrong, when we can't handle it. Prayer was to be intimate communication with the Father, that we talk with him, that we walk with him. And this is an opportunity as a church to come together and to believe God together, to do that corporately together. We should be doing it individually in our own private time, but there is something powerful that happens when the believers come together and we pray together. And so we want to encourage you in that. And then also we want to uh, um, encourage you about tonight, uh, breakthrough tonight. 6.30 we have, uh, I'm sorry, 6 o'clock we have service. And tonight we are going to be focusing specifically on physical healing. And so we're believing God to uh, uh, heal bodies, to touch lives. And you say, well, why are you doing this? The other day it hit me, my father-in-law, Dan Roy, gave me a, a prayer list and it was two pages long. Um, and I was looking at the prayer list. Now, I don't really know how many numbers of people, so I'm just gonna pull a number out, out of my head. It's probably about 60, 70 people on that list. And probably about 55 to 60 of them need healing. And it just dawned on me that we are living in a time where people are really, really needing a touch from God. And this is an opportunity to come together and and to believe God together. We'll take some time and we'll worship the Lord and welcome his presence, but also we'll take the time to believe him and take him at his word. The Bible tells us that his body was broken 
the prophetic word in, in Isaiah uh, 53 says that by his stripes, we are made whole. And so we want to believe that. We want to come in and pray for you. And maybe you have someone that you are believing God for, maybe someone that has uh, um, uh, struggled with something. They've got a, a serious diagnosis and uh, they need a touch from God. Um, we want to do that. We, we believe in medical intervention. We believe in doctors. We believe their, the God's hand is upon their life, but we also believe there comes a time when, when medical intervention cannot do what it needs to do, but God can make up the difference and he can bring healing. And you know, the, the interesting thing is uh, my wife and I, there's uh, and a lot of people, uh, we've been praying. You heard, I think, a couple weeks ago, three, four weeks ago, we were praying for the uh, director or the founder of Samaritan Aviation, Mark Palm, uh, had been given a diagnosis of cancer. Uh, he has just posted on, the fa on Facebook the before and after pictures. Uh, there was cancer in his, all I know it was a chest x-ray, and the, you could see the outline of dark and black and that was the cancer. They just, uh, uh, last week, they did another scan completely clear of cancer, 100%. Uh, we, we've been praying for uh, a very dear friend of ours, uh, Carrie Friedrich, and had cancer, and now she has been given a diagnosis of cancer-free, completely cancer-free. And so we're, we're, we're believing that God's a healer, amen? And, and there's been many, many stories that we have of people that have been touched by God. So we believe that, and so we want you to come out and be a part of that six o'clock tonight. So this morning, I wanna minister something to you that um, I'm very passionate about, uh, something that, uh, uh, I'll be honest with you, it's something that, that touches my life, that has been uh, a revelation uh, in my life. Uh, this is something that 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 uh, um, I've had to live through is probably the best term. Something that I've had to pay attention to. I don't think there's anyone here um, this morning, within the sound of my voice, or anyone watching on on Facebook that has not experienced the pain and difficulty that life can bring. If you've been alive, alive at more than a couple minutes you know that life can be very difficult. Uh, and we've all faced those moments where we feel helpless and we feel hopeless. We all know those feelings. We know that. It's the, the darkness crowd, crowds in, the, the, the difficulties, the, the pressure, the stress, all of those things. We've all endured the torment of discouragement and disappointment. All of us, that's a part of life. Um, that's just something that life brings. And then also as Christians, we have an enemy that is at work to take advantage and to leverage those moments in our life where he will use them against us to derail us and to pull us further away from God, whether it's stress or whether it's pressure or illness or depression or tragedy or, or the pain and sorrow, the grief of, of losing someone we love. All of that robs us of our peace, it exhausts us of our strength, and it presses us beyond our limits. And the problem is, is what this season does in our life is it begins to generate questions that oftentimes we feel very guilty 
in asking. We don't even like to think about them, let alone speak them, but nonetheless, they are questions that begin to rattle around in our minds, in our, in our spirit, and they begin to affect how we do and see life. And those are questions like, why is this happening to me? Where are you at, God? What is going on? I thought things would be a lot different. God, I have done what you've asked me to do, but nothing's changed. What's happening, God? What's going on? We, we, it can be things that deal with finances. It can be a marriage that has gone uh, awry. It can be uh, trouble on, on a job, or it can be um, wayward children or long-term illness. It doesn't really matter. It all works to bring a sense of overwhelmingness to our life. And we begin to wonder, is there any end to this crisis? Is there any hope for my future? And we begin to wonder, has God left us? Has he departed? Has he taken his hand off us? And that's kind of hard because we feel, diff we feel um, uh, uh, discouraged, we feel guilty in even asking the question because intellectually we've been taught that God doesn't leave his children. We've been taught that God always answers prayer. We've been taught that God is a healer. We've been taught that God is a savior. We've been taught that God cares about us, but in those moments of darkness and difficulty, especially when they go on for a while, it's very easy to wonder what's going on. Well, let me share something with you this, this morning. God is not afraid of your question, nor is he offended. He is not offended by your question. In fact, it is my belief that God would want you to talk with him about it, to take those doubts, to take those moments of unbelief, to take that difficulty and go to him and say, Lord, I am struggling with this season of my life. I am in a crisis of my faith. And even though it may be temporary, the reality is there is good news. There is good news, and I want you to listen to Matthew chapter 12, verse 20, one verse of scripture. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. It says this, he will not crush those who are weak or quench the smallest hope until he brings full justice with his final victory. Listen, this is a portion of scripture that is describing the character and the attitude of the ministry of Christ. And he came to this planet and he says, look at, I am not going to crush. I will not uh, crush those that are weak. I will not snuff out the smallest hope, but I will bring justice and victory to your life. Listen to me. No one spoke like Jesus spoke. Because Jesus spoke both with authority and with comfort. He is able to comfort and encourage the weakest around him. And the reason why is because his words penetrate to the heart and they heal every wound. But it's in those moments of crisis where things begin to go haywire. If you remember, there was a story of a man that had a son. 
And his son had what was probably epilepsy. He would fall into convulsions. He would be thrown around. Oftentimes, he'd be thrown into water or thrown into fire. And the man brings this young man. He brings his son to, to Jesus, but Jesus wasn't there. So the disciples try to pray. They can't seem to get anything done. Jesus comes on the scene, and Jesus says, if you can believe... Now notice something about Jesus' words. He didn't come to him and say, why aren't you believing? He didn't come with condemnation. He came with an encouraging word. If you can believe, all things are possible to them that believe. And then the man says, I want to believe, but help my unbelief. It was a legitimate prayer. It was a prayer that Jesus responded to because even in the midst of this man's trial of faith, even though he was struggling with his faith, Jesus responds and heals his son. We have to take that. We have to get this because, see, there's a lot of people today that are struggling in their faith. If I were to go around this room and if everyone were to get very honest with me, there is an area of your life that you're wondering about. Some of it, for some of you, is more severe than others. For some of us, it's not so bad. But the reality is we're struggling and we're questioning and we're wondering why. And hell is working us overtime. Can you say amen? That, my friends, has got to stop. Amen. It's got to stop. And somewhere what we've got to do is come into that place where once again we understand our heavenly father. Think about it this way. If I'm with my grandson, Oliver, he's five years old. He's going to be six here pretty quick. But he's a young, young little boy. He's full of life. He's, he's got this great, wonderful personality. He's very curious. He likes to be involved in things. And he likes to do things. Now, at five years old, he thinks that he's capable of far more than what he really is. And sometimes he makes messes. And I I know that may be hard to believe, but sometimes he gets himself in trouble making a mess. Now, I have two responses. I can get really mad and go, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Or I can look at him and say, Oliver, come on, let me me help you. Let's, let's, Grandpa and you, let's, let's do this together. And see, that's the heart of our Father. The Father does not come with condemnation. The Father comes alongside to help us and to encourage us in our moment of struggle. Can you say amen? If you've ever been in one of those moments where life is falling apart and Jesus speaks a word, a timely word, a word of encouragement, then you know the power of his compassion. This was the ministry for which God sent his son into the world. This is what he came to do, a ministry of reconciliation, a ministry of hope. Can you say amen? Amen. Hope to a sinful, lost, and dying world that would provide salvation for all that would trust in the finished work of the cross. This is what 
he was anointed to do. Listen to Luke chapter four, verse 18. Jesus speaking, he's reading from the scroll of Isaiah chapter 61. And he says this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. How many know that God is still speaking good news to the poor? We're not talking about people that don't have enough money. It has nothing to do with finances. It has everything to do with poor of spirit. In other words, we're destitute. We don't have the ability to change our circumstances. And so when we're like that, Jesus comes on the scene and he says, I've got good news. I'm able to make the difference in your life. He's still preaching the gospel to the poor. He still is healing the brokenhearted. He is still proclaiming liberty to captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and he's setting uh, uh, those that are oppressed free. How many know that Jesus is still doing that? Can you say amen? And I don't know today if you're here and you have a broken heart. You may have one. Maybe today you're here and you're wondering, you know, what's gone on? Why has this happened? Maybe, maybe today you're here and you've been carrying wounds for a long time, wounds of the past. Maybe there's been people that have spoke to you years ago. Maybe for some of you, it goes far back as when you were in high school. Maybe you were shamed or, or maybe you were embarrassed or somebody mocked you and it broke your heart. Let me tell you, he is here. He is the tender savior that heals the brokenhearted. Can you say Amen. In fact, if you chase out Isaiah 61 and you read that out, he says, I give beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And then he says in verse seven of Isaiah 61, he says, I will give you in place of your shame, I will give you double honor. He is the God of the great transaction. He trades his life for our life. Can you say amen? His blessing for our curse our sin for his righteousness. He is the one that comes on the scene and makes the difference. Can you say amen? amen. Thank God this morning that under every devastation is a seed of restoration. Listen to what I'm saying. For you, Christian, if you are in this place and Jesus has come into your life, then under every devastation, there is the seed of restoration. And if you're not saved in this place, that can be yours this morning. Under every tragedy is the seed of a new beginning. And on, under every day of trouble, there is the seed of hope, ready to burst out in victory. Are you hearing me? And the title of this message today is Hope in the Day of Trouble, the Anchor of Our Soul. They say, well, you're just getting through your title. No, we're almost done. <laughs> Hang on. See, I want, to, I want to say something to you because, see, as a pastor, one of the things that weighs on me is the problems and the difficulties of other people. I'm coming to grips with who I am. I know it's a little late. I blossomed a little late. That's okay. But better, hey, how about we just be glad I showed up to the party at all? Okay, I'm coming to into terms with some things. I know I'm late. 
But I'm coming to terms with that one of the gifts that God has given me is that I, I feel. I, I, I have great empathy and I feel. And, and that's why, you know, I, I'm like a great big baby at home. You know, I'll be watching YouTube and, and I'll watch these videos of soldiers coming home from being gone. And I am weeping. I'm like just, I am like boxes of tissues and I'm crying. Uh, the other day I go to my wife's uh, uh, presentation. My wife uh, has been involved in this play at school called Winnie the Pooh and she's got all these uh, 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 little third, fourth, and fifth graders, and they did a tremendous job. And I'm sitting there crying through Winnie the Pooh. I'm wiping tears away, and I'm right there on the front row, and everybody's looking. I knew the whole, they weren't watching the play, they were watching me, and I'm crying. I'm like, what in the world? Why am I crying? I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I took all my medicine. I put it, I, I, what's going on? My hormones are out of whack. And, but what the reality is, is God made me to feel. God made me to feel, and you say, why'd you tell us that? Because sometimes I can feel the weight that comes into the church the days of desperation, the weight of discouragement, the weight of depression. I can feel people, I, and, and, and that's why today we're gonna do something a little bit different, but I wanna share with you that God wants to carry that weight for you. He doesn't want you to carry that weight. Can you say amen? Now I want you to listen to this portion of scripture, Hebrews chapter six. Verses 17 through 19, once again, the New Living Translation. It says, God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. Aren't you glad this morning that God does not change his mind? God doesn't wake up one morning in a bad mood. He doesn't wake up on the bad side of the bed and go, hey, just kidding, I'm not in. You know, you guys on your own. God does not change his mind. So God has given us both his promise and his oath. As if his promise was not good enough, he gave us his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it's impossible for God to lie. Listen, for God to lie means he has to cease being God. It, he cannot lie. He can't. It's impossible. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can take new courage. We could take new courage for we can hold on to his promise with confidence. And this confidence, this hope, is like a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain of heaven into God's inner sanctuary. This hope, this, this anchor that's, that's anchored into the very throne room of God, that's anchored in the very presence of God, is what causes us to be stable, that causes us to be sure, that causes us to be confident in the darkest of hours. Can you say amen? Now, as I begin to wind this down, I want to tell you three stories. And I want to point out a couple things in this story, this story that relates to you and I. These are familiar stories. The first one is the story of Jairus. You remember Jairus in Mark chapter 5. He was a religious ruler. He, he's, he, he's got influence. He's got power. He's probably got wealth. But nonetheless, he's there and something happens. His daughter gets gravely ill to the point that she's at death. She's at death's door. And how many understand that a father, when he's desperate, will do just about anything? 
So here this religious ruler, this Jewish religious ruler, he throws all the trappings of his influence and all that away, and he goes to Jesus. He's obviously heard of Jesus. I'm certain he's been in conversations about Jesus. He's even probably talked about it. What are we going to do with this guy, Jesus? He's messing everything up. But now the day has come. His daughter is sick. And he comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, my daughter is at the point of death. Will you please come and heal her? He's desperate. And Jesus responds and says, yes, let's go. They begin to go and we know that there's a crowd that's following, people pressing and pushing and shoving, everybody trying to get a vision or, a, 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 or get sight of Jesus. What is he gonna do next? And the unthinkable happens. Right in the middle of that crowd, a little woman with the issue of blood, 12 years, that spent all that she had. She exercises faith that is off the Richter scale. And she comes up through that crowd and she reaches up, touches the hem of his garment, and the Bible says virtue flows and she is completely whole. And Jesus stops. And he says, who touched me? And everybody's like, are you insane? Everyone's touching you. And he goes, no, somebody made a demand upon my ability. Yes, yes. Somebody touched me. They didn't touch my clothes. They, they touched the son of God. And so he stops to deal with this. And it's an awesome moment except for Jairus. Jairus really at this point, while he can appreciate the miracle that took place, there's a miracle that is yet to be done. His daughter is dying and you can feel in Jairus, if you read between the lines, that he's probably moving to the edge. It's getting darker and darker. He's moving to the edge of the crowd. And he's wondering, where are you at, God? Why are you delaying? Don't, you know what? She's, she's good. Come back and deal with her when you've done. My daughter's at the point of death. But the amazing thing in this story, and this is what I want you to hear. This is what I want you to see about the compassion of our God. Never one moment was Jairus out of Jesus's awareness. Because when the messenger came, how many know when you think it get, it's bad enough, it can always get worse. The message, messenger comes and says, don't bother the master anymore. Your daughter's dead, it's over. Come on home now, just be with your wife and the family. Don't worry about it, leave him alone. He's obviously busy anyway. And in that moment, Jesus looks up and he looks Jairus right in the eye and he says, don't be afraid, only believe. Right. He doesn't condemn him. He doesn't rebuke him. He doesn't challenge his faith. He just looks at him and says, it's okay. Don't be afraid. I'm coming. Believe, I'm coming. We're going. We're going to do this. You got the answer. You've already got my yes. You came to me and I said yes back there. I said yes, I will heal her. See, he said 2,000 years ago when he died on the cross, he said, yes, I'll heal you. Can you get that? Do you understand that? And so they go and the Bible says they get to the house and all the mourners are there. And Jesus says, what are you guys doing? Get out of here. She's only asleep. And they think he's nuts. But then Jesus takes her by the hand, raises her up and says to mom and dad, says, go give her something to eat. She's hungry. Let me tell you something, church. In your darkest hour, It'll seem like things are going sideways. It'll seem like you're not getting nothing done. But Jesus has already said yes. And he is very much aware of where you're at in the journey to your answer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The second story is the story of Lazarus. 
We know this story. We know Lazarus and Mary and Martha, the, his sisters. They, they're family friends of Jesus. They, Jesus probably spent days at Mary and Martha's house. They probably, that was probably their home base for some, to some degree. They would often visit. They had become good friends. Well, Jesus and the disciples are in a city a little ways out of Jerusalem. And, and one day, uh, Lazarus gets sick. And it's sickness unto death once again. And Mary and Martha send word to Jesus. Now, this is the part of the story I don't la like, but we have to hear it. They get word to Jesus and they say to Jesus, you know what, Lazarus is dying. Come, please heal him. And Lazarus says, or Jesus says, it's all right. He's just sleeping. He'll get better. <laughs> I hate it when God deals with my problem nonchalantly. Right. It ain't nothing. <laughs> well, it's something to me. And then this is what I don't like. Jesus delays. Now think about it. He gets word. I'm assuming he got word that morning, early morning, you know, it was probably right after breakfast and Jesus said, no, nah, it's all right. So they had to eat lunch, teach a little bit, then eat dinner and then they had the seminar that night and then they had to go to bed. Then they got up, ate breakfast. Uh, uh, you know, Lazarus, no, it's all right, he's, he's okay. And then they taught again. They had the set morning seminars, the morning sessions. You know, every conference has morning sessions. <laughs> hate them, hate morning sessions in the conference. I like the session to start at about 1.30. That way I can sleep in in the morning, you know what I'm saying? But Jesus don't, he's got early morning sessions. And then he's got, then we're gonna eat lunch and then we're gonna have dinner and then we're gonna go to bed. And oh yeah, tomorrow we'll go see Lazarus. By the time Jesus gets there, Lazarus is dead four days. He goes, oh, go ahead, open the tomb. We gotta get him out of there. He stinks by now, Jesus. I'm not so sure that you understand what's going on, but he's dead, dead. He's doornail dead. He's, it's over. The boat has sailed, Jesus looks at Martha, Martha says, why didn't you come earlier? And this is what I want you to hear. Jesus said, you don't remember who I am. I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the resurrection and life. See, I don't know what you're going through, church. I don't know if it's a marriage or a financial problem or, a, or a children or health or whatever it is. Jesus says, I am the life. I am the way. And we know the story. Jesus says, Father, thank you for hearing my prayer. The amazing thing is he hadn't prayed yet. That's another sermon on Thanksgiving. Then he says, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus comes waddling out of the tomb, still wrapped in the grave clothes. He says, somebody loose him and set him free. Oh, you got to hear that. You got to hear that. Final story is found, it's probably my favorite story in the Bible, is in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. God takes the prophet to a place where he could see this valley filled with dry bones. And you got to understand, the Bible uses the word very dry, so they, they were dry. And they weren't even put together. It wasn't, it wasn't like there was a bunch of skeletons laying there. It's just a mass of bones scattered. And then God does something. I love God in this portion. He goes, can these bones live? Doesn't God always ask? He goes, do you believe me? Yes. Can these bones live? Yes. 
And the prophet answers the best way he can, and I love it. He goes, only you know God. He puts it right back on God. And then he tells him, he goes, here's what I want you to do, is I want you to speak to them. I want you to prophesy over those dry bones. I want you to speak, and I want you to prophesy. And then he did it, and he did what the Lord said, and he prophesied over those bones, and something amazing happened. Bones begin to move, and they begin to form skeletons. And, and then there, there they were, those, all these skeletons. And then God says, I want you to prophesy that skin and muscle, and so he prophesied, and skin and muscle and tissue and organs and all of that came. And then there they were. There was a bunch of bodies laying there, a bunch of corpses. And then God says, now I want you to prophesy the wind and that it would breathe in them and there stood alive and well a great and mighty army now here's the thing I want you to get out of that story is sometimes you're going to have to speak to it again and again Sometimes you're going to have to prophesy because you know what it wasn't enough the first time all that got done was the skeleton then they prophesied again, but they were still dead. Then they, he prophesied again, and it came to life. Sometimes we've got to speak to it over and over and over again. And we've got to know that Jesus, though he may delay, his, he's already said yes. He already says, I'm on my way. And even though when it seems like there's interruptions and hindrances, God is coming through. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's our hope. That's our hope today. Our hope is that our God is coming through. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I know there's people struggling. We're good at covering it, church. I'm good at covering it. I can walk into a room, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus. I got the buzzwords down. How you doing? My side's winning. It's bloody war, but my side's winning. And meanwhile, inside, my, my stomach is in a knot. And I'm, I'm wanting to run as fast as I can because I just can't stand there anymore. And it's in that moment where I have to turn towards him. And I have to grab a hold of the rope that's tied to that anchor. I may, you know, see the great thing about anchors, you don't see them. When anchors are most effective is when you can't see them. When you can see an anchor, it's probably in your boat. And it's ineffective. Somewhere what we got to do is grab a hold of that rope and go, God, I trust you. I trust you in spite of what I see because God, you are good. You are good. And I have hope in you. Can you say amen? Why don't you bow your heads with me for a moment? I'm going to ask Jason to come, if he would, and play the piano. Father, we thank you. God, we give you glory. God, we give you honor. We thank you for your revelation. God, we thank you, Lord, that you are helping us. We thank you, Lord, that you are the God of our hope and that we have this anchor for our soul. God, that is completely tied off inside your throne room. God, that we know we can have the confidence that in any situation and in every situation, you are there for us. We thank you for it, God, and we give you the glory. 
and we give you the honor. This morning, I want to do something a little bit different. We're, we're way ahead of time here. This was on purpose. When I was in Mexico, I had something happen that was just kind of a, a moment, but gave me pause to think. I pulled an altar call in one of the sessions, and um, about 300 people came down to the altar. They came and stood waiting for prayer, and, and it was just a wonderful moment of God's presence. And I was like, wow, Lord, what's up? And he goes, you know, there's something. I, I felt like the Lord laid this on my heart. He says, there's something about getting out of your moment, stepping forward by saying, you know what, God, I need that. Now, I don't know, you know, I can probably guess and I can probably go around the room and point out things, but I know all of us are struggling. Some of us, man, we're being hindered. We're being exhausted. We're being worn out. We got financial issues or there's marital issues or there's family issues or there's job issues or, or issues that I haven't even begun to think about. Maybe there's, maybe you just live under depression. Maybe there's like a cloud that comes over your life that seems to weigh on you and it seems to be inexplicable. You can't make rhyme or reason of it. Maybe, maybe there's discouragement or difficulty. And you say, you know, I'm tired, Lord. I'm tired. I want you to do something. I want you to find your way up to this altar and I want you to just stand up here. If that's you, I want you to come. Come quickly. Come quickly. You're, you're struggling in your faith. You need God to help. You need a touch from God you want to come up you say man I need God to help me come on up so what's going to happen I don't know can't tell you I know this I know that we're getting out of the boat we're getting out of the boat we're saying God I need you God I need you I need your touch now what we're going to do is here in just a moment I'm going to go and I'm going to start at this end. I'm going to move this way. And I'm going to go fairly quickly, and I'm just going to lay hands on you. I'm just going to lay hands on, you, on just your head or your arm or your hand. And I'm believing that in that moment, there'll be a transfer of spirit, that there'll be this anointing. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me. He's on me. He's anointed me. And if you're here with a broken heart or if you're here and you have no vision, blind eyes, or you're here and you feel captive or you're taken prisoner or there's things that are working in your life, then I want you to just pray with me in that and be open to what he does. But I want you to know that he's going to move right now. And so we're not gonna put a time frame on this because we don't know. We don't know. Maybe he's gonna move today, tomorrow, next week. I don't know, but that's up to him. But what we're doing right now is we're setting this in order right now. We're setting this. So I'm gonna also ask if my prayer team, those that are on my prayer team, if you're not in line, if you're here, uh, and if you'd help me and just start with me and come up and we're gonna pray. And if for some reason, as I go through, I miss you, don't worry, we'll come back and somebody will acknowledge and I'll, I'll make sure that I pray for you. But we want to pray right now. We want to just touch and minister. The rest of you that have are seated here, would you pray with me? Would you join your faith with me? 
Because if you were here and you'd say, you know what, man, that's I have a need, you'd want people to pray with you. Let's join our faith together. So would you just stretch forth your hand and just say, hey, we're gonna, we're just gonna believe God. Father, right now, in Jesus' name. God, I pray for my brother, God. I lay my hand upon him according to your word. And Father, I speak life, God, right now. Lord, life in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Touch my sister right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we speak breakthrough right now to her mind, her spirit, and her body. Right now, Father, in every way, make her whole, God. Touch her right now. Peace in the name of Jesus. Father, for my brother, God, I pray, Lord, this heaviness, this burden he carries. Father, I pray, remove that burden right now. God, speak to him. Love him. Father, let him know that he is a son of God, that he is treasured in heaven, and that you love him and you adore him. Father, I thank you, Lord, for my brother, God. Minister your grace, God, your mercy right now, God. Touch his life. God, in the name of Jesus, move upon him. God, I pray for my brother. Touch him and minister to him right now. In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, fall upon him right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, upon my sister, God. This burden, God, we cast it upon you. God, right now, we cast this burden right now, Lord. Peace, I speak peace in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, I pray, God, for this precious couple, God. Your grace upon them. God, I speak healing over this body, God, right now. I take authority over the spirit of infirmity and I release healing power, God. Peace in her mind and her spirit, God. Her mind and her spirit, hallelujah. Father, I pray, God, just move her up forward here. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, touch and minister, God. Touch her, minister to her right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, God, move upon her right now. Touch my brother right now, God. Minister to him. God, touch him, God. Father, we thank you, God, for your goodness. We thank you, God, that you are restoring right now that which has been broken. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, right now, Father, that which he cannot himself, Lord, move, God, in that thing. God, that supernatural power, God, the love of God, the love of God, the love of God in Jesus' name. God, touch my sister right now, Lord. Touch her, minister to her right now. In the name of Jesus, Father, touch and minister your grace, God, your wholeness, God, your wholeness right now, God. In Jesus' name, God, heal that which is broken and damaged. Restore that which has been lost, Father. In the name of Jesus, Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, I speak peace and life right now. Life in the name of Jesus. Father, right now, God, touch her, minister to her, God. Your grace and your goodness, God. Your grace and your goodness right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, right now, upon my brother, God. Lord, those things that hinder him, those things that work against his mind, God, move upon that, God. Touch him and minister, God, right now, for this precious couple, this man and woman of God. They love you so much, God. Minister right now. Lord, the need of their life, God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, touch my brother. Right now, God, in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, right now, move upon him. Lord, you're anointing God. God, upon this family. God, upon this husband and wife. 
God, in all that they represent, their children, their home, their grandchildren right now. Breathe, God, breathe upon them. God, let a wind of your Holy Spirit sweep across their family. God, restore that which has been broken. God, those things that seem impossible, God, move upon it right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, bring joy and peace once again, joy and peace. Father, thank you, God. Touch this faithful couple, this man and woman of God. Touch them and minister to them. God, in your grace, God, restore that which has been broken. Lord, those things, God, that pressure, God, that, 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 that darkness, God, that wants to prevail, God, remove it, cause the light of Jesus to shine. Oh, Father, right now, God, for my brother, God, minister to him right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God, touch right now, God. Minister your grace and your glory right now. Grace, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God. Father, right now, move, God. Oh, God, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord God, restore. Oh, Father, right now, God, I take authority over the torment. God, I take authority over the lies, God. God, and I release truth, God, and grace. God, love, God, beyond measure. Power beyond measure right now. Restoration, God, in the name of Jesus. Father, touch my brother, God. Minister to him right now. God, upon my sister, God, right now. In Jesus' name, God. By the power and the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, minister your grace, God. Your grace, God, your grace. God, that grace, that divine ability. God, being poured out, divine ability. God, where it be all sufficient, God, that they may have an abundance in all good work, God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Oh, Father God, upon my brother, right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, Lord, minister to him right now. That brokenness, that wound, heal that which is broken, God. Oh, Father, for this couple, God, I pray right now, God, your blessing. God, more, more than enough, God. Lord, bring direction and favor. Oh, Father, I pray your favor, God, your favor, your favor, God. Turn your face, your countenance shine upon them right now in Jesus' name. Lord, make a way, God. It seems impossible, but God, with you, all things are possible. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, God, right now in Jesus' name. God, touch her and minister to her. Move upon her right now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord, your blessing. Pour out your blessing right now. Your blessing, God, make the difference, God. Move in her life, God. We thank you, Jesus. Father, you're getting a double dose. Father, in Jesus' name, bless her right now. Lord, I pray for Monica and the kids, God. Blessing upon them, God, right now. Oh, Lord, your favor, your grace, your favor, God. Come alongside them, comfort them. Comfort them, Father, I pray. Lord, my sister, Lord, bless her in Jesus' name. Lord, right now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you, Jesus.
Father, touch my sister right now, God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God is so good today. God is so good. He is so good, church. And he loves us so much. I want to do something that I want to step out a little bit. I need to walk down the stairs. When I was 20, that wasn't very high. At 50 something, it's a lot higher. I want to say something to somebody and he's probably going to be a little bit um, embarrassed by this, but I want to, I really feel led to do this. Justin, I want to say to you, I want to tell you your life has made impact. And I want, to, I want to share this from my heart. I feel like there's been a strategy for a long time in your life to, to tell you that your life doesn't really amount to anything or that you're not making impact. But I want to tell you something. You've made impact in places that you don't even know about. Your life and your compassion, your gift, the gift that you have within your heart you're a man of integrity, you're a man of compassion, and your life has made huge impact. And, and I want you to know God is proud of you. God is proud of you. And I just want to share and, and say to you and just encourage you how much your life has made impact. Because I know there's a strategy of hell, I, I really believe this in my heart, that wants to come in and say, ah, you ain't nothing. No, you're something something and God sees it and he's given you a gift and you just rejoice and just to say you know what God thank you for making me me and you know what your life counts it matters it's making huge impact praise God brother wow, hallelujah God hallelujah hallelujah isn't God good this morning I know this is a little bit different than what I normally do in church going to try to shorten up my sermons. Normally, a sermon has five to six pages of notes. Today, one and a quarter. And it's still, I'm still going over. I'm going to try to shorten so I can spend more time believing God and bringing His presence in this place and praying for people. Because I really believe, you know, I believe God has gifted me to speak and I, I believe that I have something to say. But I fundamentally, head and shoulders above all the rest, believe he has something to say. Amen. And I believe he wants to speak to this church. I know it's a little, we're still kind of like, what's he doing? We're not, we'll be okay. We'll be all right. I promise I'll get you out of here by noon. Tomorrow. I mean, no, no, no. I just. (laughs) You know what? Let me say this and then I'm going to close or I'm going to ask Andy to close. I love this church. I love this church. And listen, I, you know, when, when people say, I got blood, sweat, and tears into something, that's all sometimes can be a metaphor. For me, it's a reality. I have actually bled in this building. I have sweat. I am sweating now. And I have cried in this building. And I've agonized. And I just want what God wants in this place. And I know sometimes that we bump against each other and we, 
you know, make mistakes and all of that. But we have got to understand that there's a real enemy that wants to stop what God wants to do here. But we're not going to let him. We're going to resist him. And we're going to let God move. And we're going to be, we're going to be aware of his presence. And you say, well, that might get a little strange. It might. I, I don't know what that means. I, you know, we'll, we'll keep it in order, trust me. I'm a logical, orderly man. But at the same time, if God decides to make donkeys talk, well, we're going to listen. So I say, I, what I'm saying to you is God's going to do some great things here. Can you say amen? Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.